Christy and Robert. Uh, another cool thing is, uh, <clears throat> I guess the Spirit speaking through Robert again, is he actually had no idea we were doing the missionary update today. And so it just perfectly went in with everything we have. And so just another cool little thing. Uh, before I jump in, uh, I don't want to forget to mention uh, one of our covenant members here, Emily Dunn. If you just keep her in your prayers this morning, she is running the New York City Marathon right now. And she is running specifically to raise funds for a nonprofit called IJM or International Justice Mission. And so just keep her in your prayers. If you know her, send her an encouraging text and just reach out to let her know you were thinking about her this morning. All right, well, this morning will be uh, fun indeed as we wrap up Ephesians and get to hear a little update uh, from our missionaries and some things that the advocates for them have written. Uh, we started Ephesians back in March, believe it or not. I had to go back and look because I wasn't even here when we started Ephesians. It was back in March, and today we're wrapping it up in the last few verses that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. Uh, for the order of how we're going through this today, we're going to start kind of in the middle of the passage, and then we're going to go back to the beginning and then jump to the end. If you like uh, more creative titles than middle, beginning, and end, uh, it'll go like this. We're going to talk about uh, Tychicus, which for the pronunciation of that, I had to look it up because you can say Tychicus, you can say Tychicus, or there was an English guy that said Tychicus, and I thought it sounded fancier. So... That's where we landed with Tychicus, just so you know, full, full vulnerability there. Uh, so we're going to start with Tychicus, and that's going to go into our time uh, with our missionaries. And then we're going to talk about keeping alert. And then to end, just briefly, talking about love incorruptible. So let's pray to get going today. Lord, we love you, and we are grateful for you today. Thank you that... You are God who speaks to us. You're God who wakes us up in the middle of the night with dreams to pray for other brothers and sisters halfway across the world. It's truly, truly incredible. We just pray that you would speak to us today. You would encourage our hearts today. And just take a moment just to ask God to just open your heart to him day so you can hear from him. Just pray to yourself. Lord, we love you. We just trust you with this time. Amen. All right. Well, uh, 19th century writer George Eliot has this quote. It says, The growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts, and that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been as half owing to the number of people who live faithfully a hidden life and rest in unvisited tombs. I believe this quote is appropriate to launch into our first point, which is Tychicus. Who is this guy and why does Paul mention him? He has a habit of doing this at the end of his books of just mentioning a bunch of names of people to say hello to or people he's with saying hello to the church or maybe someone that's running a certain errand for him. So why does he only put Tychicus right here and who is this guy? Uh, he shows up five times in the New Testament. We first see him in the book of Acts. Uh, he did... Lots of things with Paul. He went to Troas with Paul. He went to Jerusalem with Paul. Paul sends him to Crete and sends him to Ephesus probably two different times. 
He carried multiple letters to multiple churches uh, throughout the New Testament. He is also credited with uh, delivering back Onesimus, the runaway slave, to Philemon when he carried the book of Philemon back to him himself. People also speculate that he might be the one who actually wrote these books from Paul, as Paul articulated them in his jail cell. Uh, That is not for sure. That is just a a guess on what he did in his role. And he wasn't just the mailman for Paul. The person carrying the letter would usually be the one that would read the letter to the church. And so he was the very first one to ever read the book of Ephesians to its original intended audience. And then also probably explained any questions that people had after he read the book. And so he was the first one to read and preach through this book that we've gone through. A very interesting note about him made by multiple people in commentaries is that you first see him in the very beginning of Paul's ministry in Acts, and then you last see him in 2 Timothy, which is the very last book that Paul wrote right before his death. And the point is this, you see a guy like Tychicus at the very beginning of the ministry and at the very end of the ministry. And so he was faithful and faithfully serving behind the scenes. Like we barely know anything about this guy, but you see him in the beginning and you see him in the end and spotted throughout the middle. And so he was a man who stayed by Paul's side and never left him. He was a guy who, whenever lots of people fell away with persecution, he stayed strong and true no matter what. He was the guy that was serving behind the scenes to the launch of the early church in the first century, to the thing that we're all living in today. So as the quote stated, so much of what we live on and is built upon is by guys and and women like Tychicus who just faithfully served in unhistoric acts. Ones that the world doesn't know about. But it's guys like these and women like these that are so needed and that we stand on and have to give their right place because they lived lives of faithfulness. Whether he was seen or not seen, he was faithful no matter what. So Tychicus is a story of faithfulness that we can take from him today. Paul was an incredible missionary, was an incredible church planner. He was famous in the cities where he was for good or for bad. People knew who he was. They knew his name. They depended on him. He was the leader of the church. But I guarantee you, Paul would probably stand here today and say he couldn't have done it without Tychicus by his side. He had to have a brother next to him to depend on, to trust, to talk things through, to confess to, to cry with, probably to laugh with and just joke around, have fun with. A companion on the journey that kept Paul going forward. Today, uh, we want to talk specifically about these two groups of people, the Pauls and the Tychicuses, because there's Pauls in the world that are called to go to the furthest ends of the earth to spread the gospel to those that don't have it. And there's Tychicuses who are, are called to serve and just be the support system for the people like Paul, and both are vital and important, and both are absolutely necessary. And so as Randy mentioned, we have a few Pauls from our midst that have gone out. We have two families and one single that are currently serving overseas that are members of our body. And we want to hear an update about what is going on in their world right now. And we have advocates for each of those people, people that 
are trusted friends of those missionaries overseas to help inform us of what's going on. And specifically, Paul gives us actually a great definition of what an advocate is and what an advocate does in verse 22. He says, I have sent him, Tychicus, to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And so this morning, as we hear the updates, we want to know how our missionaries are doing and we want to know uh, how to pray for them so that our own hearts can be encouraged and not forget them. So today, um, we have three advocates, regretfully. Two of them are currently out of town. They had prior uh, engagements that they couldn't get out of as a family. And so I'm going to read the first two, and then Daniel Miller will come and read the third one. Uh, there's pictures will be on the screen, and I just want to point out there will be a QR code that we did test, so it should work wherever you're sitting, that you can take a picture of, and it'll take you to a form that you can fill out if you're not getting all of their newsletters, then their advocates can add you to their newsletter list if you're not getting those updates. So first, um, I'm going to read from Ty and Amanda Camp, who are the advocates for the Swan family. For those of you who are new, that is who Robert was referencing in his testimony today, Peter Swan flying his plane around South Sudan. So here's their update. First, a huge thanks to Hope for all the prayer, emotional and financial support. It means so much to them, and they feel very encouraged and blessed by Hope. Much thankfulness to the Lord for how he is moving. Please pray for continued improvement for Shauna's health with her Lyme disease. Pray for the kids as they're homeschooled. Pray for the entire family as they prepare for Allison to attend college in the States next year. Pray for reaching new unreached people groups and tribes. There are several with no believers at all, and they are waiting for the second plane to make it from here to Uganda to be able to reach them. It is a plane that allows landing with a shorter airstrip so they can get into more remote areas. There's been a holdup due to paperwork, so just asking for the Lord to move and get the plane there soon. Pray for God's wisdom and direction as they make preparations to get into these tribes. And pray for the South Sudanese missionaries that they've trained to go out boldly, even as our passage this morning. Pray for them that they may boldly proclaim the gospel as they ought to. And then a special note from Shauna, who wrote this. She said, just please tell Hope how much we love them. So let's just take a minute, just where you are, just by yourself or with the person next to you, just to pray. And just over these bullet points for the, the plane, for the unreached tribes are going to, for the kids, for college next year, for Shauna's health, just take a minute and just pray for that while you're, where you're at. Well, <clears throat> what an incredible time just to hear from our people overseas, then to pray for them. Uh, if you are newer to Hope, um, I just want to say that we have a very deep and rich history throughout our small little church to send quite a few missionaries, if you're talking about the percentage of people that actually attend here to go. Uh, and typically going to the darkest of darkest places has been kind of the mantra over the years. And we want to continue to talk about that and keep our missionaries uh, in front of us. Um, because honestly, one of the greatest fears of a missionary or insecurity, especially the longer that they're there, is that they'll be forgotten uh, because that happens all the time. 
uh, multiple missionaries talk about the longer and longer they're gone, the more and more uh, the relationship circle just gets smaller with people back home. And not for any bad reason, but just time and distance can do that. And so we want to continually talk about our missionaries and pray for them, keep their faces in front of us as much as we can, uh, because we want them to know that they are never, ever, ever forgotten by the church that they are part of. Um, and so reach out to them if you know them. Obviously with T and L, you have to do that a certain way and talk to Daniel about if that's okay with Ken or not. Uh, but with the Swans, I know if you have their contact, you feel free to reach out to them. Just let them know that you love them and you're praying for them and they are not forgotten by us. All right. Well, this morning we're going to continue. Uh, and we're going to continue with keeping alert and what Paul means by that. And I'm just going to reread what Paul said here, just to kind of reset our minds to the passage. He says, To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me that the words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare boldly as I ought to speak. At the end of Paul's letters, he usually does this thing where he adds a, a bunch of thoughts all at once, a bunch of last-minute thoughts, a bunch of great one-liners, and they all do go together and make sense, and they're good for our souls to read, but it honestly makes it very hard to preach because it's hard to pick just one thing that he says in that, or else it would be like really, really long, and y'all would lose your attention spans, which is understandable, because I would too. Uh, so at the end, we see Paul doing this. And so there's many things we could talk about. Uh, we could talk about praying for each other and how important that is. We could talk about praying for church leaders and missionaries like we just did. Uh, and please continue to pray uh, for missionaries and for the church staff and any leaders in churches. We need that prayer too. Uh, we could talk about boldly proclaiming the gospel and what that means and the mystery of the gospel and what Paul means by mystery of the gospel. We could talk about God giving us the words we ought to say in the moment and how important that is relying on Him. There's so, so much. But in preparing this, I just felt a certain pull, whether it was from the Lord or just my own desire, you can be the judge of that. But I just felt drawn to that first couple lines of just keep alert with all perseverance and what that means for us and why that is important. And my mind was immediately drawn to uh, Jesus and the Gospels, honestly. Because he talks about this a lot. He usually says, be ready or be awake. And he's typically referring to it as like the end of the age or the end times or his second coming. And we get so caught up in what Jesus says and the imagery of what he's saying and the details of why he's saying it a certain way. But most of the time, not every time, but most of the time, if you go back and you read all those passages or parables that Jesus is talking about the second coming, the main point is typically not how it happens. The main point is usually be ready for it. Not the details to get lost in, but being ready and being alert for his coming. So we need to be ready for him to come with all perseverance, as Paul is talking about in prayer. We long for him to come back. We need him to come back. Uh, that's why his prayer famous prayer he says is, may his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because I believe it's not just a longing and an alertness we need for him to come back when he does a second time, but we want him to come right now in our midst too. In our current age, we want the presence of God to fall 
in our space, in our lives, and in everything that we do. So we're keeping alert with all perseverance because we want God to come right now and to come later. So we need to be alert, church. We need to have perseverance in our alertness too. In Isaiah 62, 6-7, it says this, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen. All the day and all the night, they shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise and all the earth. He's established the watchman on the watchtower to look out for the coming of the Lord. And look what it says. Specifically, the watchman is someone who takes no rest until he sees the Lord coming. And he's someone that also gives the Lord no rest, continually asking him to come. Lord, come over and over again until he actually does. We take no rest in our alertness for God, and we persevere by giving him no rest either longing for Him to come in our midst and move among us. We have to have this mindset in church and in our lives because without Him, honestly, it may be harsh, but without Him, we're just pretend, we're playing like a pretend church. And we have a faith that is just so frail and can be easily shaken. Either it's too harsh and we're too legalistic, or we're too fickle in what we do and more self-help oriented. And neither one of those things looks anything like Jesus. And we can't have that. We have to have him come and move among us. We have to be alert for him. We have to be on the lookout for him coming. And we have to be a people that give no rest until he actually comes and moves among us and awakens the church to who he is. Or we can be like a people in Ezekiel 22.30. Where it says, And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. And then these haunting words from the Lord as he's looking for someone. He says, But I found none. We don't want to be in that spot. God is looking for men and women and youth to stand in the gap for people, to long for his presence to come. But is the Lord going to look out amongst the land and say, but I found none that were ready. I found none that were alert. I found none that were persevering until the end for me to come. Will the Lord look out and find anyone? I heard a few pastors on a podcast talking about a quote from Leonard Ravenhill, who is an author and a pastor, kind of a revivalist guy. And he said, uh, to summarize this quote, that churches are often asking the question, where is the God of Elijah? Especially today, is like they see society continue to go down a certain path, like where is the God of Elijah? We need God to move. We need God to be here. But Leonard Ravenhill says this. He says it should be reversed. God is the one actually asking the question, where are the men and women like Elijah? Ready to be used by God. Where are the men and the women of Elijah? wanting to be used by God. God is the same. The God of Elijah is the God of today. We're the ones that are different. If we're filling our lives with distraction and all the things of this world and not setting aside our lives to be consecrated and used by God wherever we're at, God is the same. We're the ones that have changed. So keep alert with all 
perseverance. And with all perseverance, specifically because it's not easy, there's times where it just feels like God isn't going to move. He isn't going to come through. He's not going to change something or of our circumstance or come. And there's times where it feels like that. It feels desperate. It feels hopeless. But we have to keep it with perseverance. Stay alert with all perseverance, no matter what the situation calls for or what we're going through. And specifically in Paul's situation, it wasn't just God wasn't moving among them. He was facing physical persecution. That's why he calls himself an ambassador and change. He was a representative of the kingdom of God, just like all we are, an ambassador, but he was one in chains because he was not welcome. In this present world, in the principalities and powers, as Steve talked about last week, they don't want us here. They're not, we are not welcome with this message of the gospel. And so it takes perseverance through hardship too. Now to close out the book of Ephesians, I briefly want to go to Paul's final words to the church of Ephesus. Love incorruptible. Just what, like what an incredible line that is, right? Love incorruptible. As he says, grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. In its simplest form, love incorruptible is love that is eternal. Love that does not fade, that does not rot, does not grow weary. Love that goes beyond the bounds of anything that, that we know. Love that stays steady no matter what. Love that defies all logic and rationality. Love that says, I will leave everything I have and the life that I know to go serve a people across the other side of the world that don't have the gospel. Love that says there'll be a Tychicus that will live a faithful life no matter what, whether it's behind the scenes in the most menial task. May this be the love that dwells in all of us hope. May this be the love that drives us to serve and to love each other, that drives us to pray, that drives us to persevere and long for the presence of God to come amongst us. So we live a life of faithfulness. We are alert and we persevere in prayer. And we love with love incorruptible. To close out, I just want to read the verse one more time. If you'll just back up one slide. Just close the same way Paul did. It says, Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. With the band coming and anyone on the prayer team coming forward, let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for who you are. And Lord, we long for you to come and dwell in our midst. We long for you to come in this place and move in our hearts. Lord, make us a people who take no rest. And we must be a people who give you no rest. Lord, come and awaken your church. Come awaken the apartments across the way from us. Come awaken Jersey Village and Spring Branch and Cyprus and all the places we are. Awaken the people of South Sudan and the most remote villages who've never heard your name. Awaken the people where TNL are 
that they may hear the good news of the gospel. Awaken all the names that can list it out. Awaken, Lord, your people to you and who you are. If you need prayer this morning and want to respond, just come forward. If you need to be encouraged because you feel like you're Tychicus, but you're growing weary and being faithful, and you need prayer and encouragement. Or maybe you feel like the Lord has actually put a, a little thought in your heart of what it might be like to go serve overseas. And we're not saying you're committing to anything by coming forward, but maybe you just need prayer uh, and to see what that thought was that the Lord put on your heart to go serve across the world somewhere. You respond as you need to. We love you, Lord, and just trust you. Let me pray. Amen.